North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. You've tuned in to Dr. Low Radio, where you hear the very best in natural medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor here in San Diego, California, and thank you so much for joining me for another fabulous show. This is a very hot topic tonight. This is something that a lot of listeners are going to definitely definitely relate to, so I'm I'm looking forward to this topic. First, I want to just give you guys some announcements. First off, very, very exciting announcement. I have joined a new practice. I am so excited to be in this new clinic space. I've joined Bloom Natural Health. You can check it out at bloomnaturalhealth.com, as in like bloom, like flowers bloom. Um, I'm just so blessed. It's the perfect fit for me. It's close to the beach. It's like just this amazing collection of people here. It's a great doctor I'm working with and a really supportive staff, so I'm just on cloud nine. So yay! Found the perfect fit, so definitely check out the website. We have a lot of really cool developments happening and Bloom TV on the way and Bloom Radio, and so that's just a whole big, exciting thing to come. So more about that later, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, For the show tonight, you can definitely call in in and ask questions as usual. It's 818-495- 6919 and we'll do our, our best to get your questions answered and as well as the Facebook page that's facebook.com slash Dr. Low Noel and on Twitter at twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel uh, before I introduce our guest for tonight just want to uh, let you know about our shows coming up uh, so I'm going to take next week off because I'm going to actually take off Valentine's Day looking forward to having a nice Valentine's Day this year but the following week February 21st is all about water fasting and nature cure. So that's one of the things I absolutely love to learn about in naturopathic school was all these natural therapies, things that you can do at home, like home remedies and different types of hydrotherapy and herbal treatments that you can make. So we're going to talk about that and how you can actually incorporate more natural therapies into your daily routine. And also we're going to talk about water fasting. Is water fasting safe? Is it effective? And how can you safely do it? So that will be on February 21st. I'm going to interview my own mentor that I worked with for years and years, Dr. Mark Carney. He is a genius, and he's amazing, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. So that'll be on February 21st. Um, And then the following show will be on anti-aging. So how are ways that you can actually stop and slow down the clock of aging? Um, So that will be with Dr. Abu Nassar. He was actually on the show a few months ago on brain power and memory. That was a popular show, so we're going to have him back on to talk about anti-aging. And then we are going to have Kevin Gianni on the show on March 6th. I know we've rescheduled him like three times, but we always have scheduling issues, but we're definitely going to have him on in March, and that's Kevin Gianni of the Health Renegade. We're going to talk about whole, um, raw foods and how to incorporate more raw foods into your diet. So those are some of the future shows. We also have a holistic vet coming on the show soon. We're going to have a show all about fluoride, how bad is fluoride for you, and all the different health effects of that. And then also um, a show on stem cells. I've met a man who is involved with a stem cell company, and I'm really interested in learning more about that. So cool stuff to come. Uh, but tonight's topic is all about menopause. This is a very hot topic. I, I Actually, all day long, I'm doing IV therapy with these ladies that are telling me about their hot flashes and their mood swings and their anxiety and their sleep issues. And so these things are very, very common, and I'm looking really looking forward to having this guest on so we can talk about what are some natural solutions for these very common symptoms of menopause. So joining me tonight is Dr. Holly Lucille, a.k.a. Dr. Holly. She is a nationally recognized and licensed naturopathic doctor. She's an educator and a natural products consultant. Dr. Holly is also the author of Creating and Maintaining Balance, a Women's Guide to Safe Natural Hormone Health. She's an acclaimed expert in the field of naturopathic medicine. She lectures throughout the nation on a variety of natural health topics. She's appeared on a lot of different shows, including The Doctors, Lifetime Television for Women, Monto Williams, PBS Healing Quest, and Discovery Fit and Health Channel. And in 2007, she was listed as Time Magazine's alternative list as one of the top 100 most influential people. She has a private practice in Los Angeles called Healing 
comprehensive naturopathic medicine and individualized care. And outside of her practice, she is on the board of directors for the American Association for Naturopathic Physicians. She's also the past president of the California Naturopathic Doctors Association. And in her off time, she enjoys being with her family, riding her motorcycle, which I find very, very cool, through the mountains and along the beaches of L.A., as well as playing instruments and touring in her band. So she's a very well-rounded and very, very cool chick. I'm excited to have her on the show. Dr. Holly, thanks for joining us. Oh, Dr. Lowe. Lauren, Dr. Noel, thank you so much um, for having me. This is great. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this show for, like, months. <laughs> yeah, and congratulations for Bloom Natural Health. That sounds amazing for you. It is amazing. It's like yeah. I was telling a friend I would just skip to work if I can, but the commute's too far, so I can't. But it's I feel the same as if I could skip to work. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and, and, okay, so Mark Carney, he and I went to school together, as you know. Um, <clears throat> I think he was a, about a year and a half ahead of me, and so anything you do with that gentleman, um, I'm sure is going to be wonderful. So uh, that's wonderful. The shows that you have coming up. Yeah, totally. I got to shadow him actually before even going into naturopathic school. I shadowed him for two years, and I was able wow. to see people getting better left and right. And I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> so it was very confirming yeah. for me to go to naturopathic school. <clears throat> That's so great to have that opportunity, and he's wonderful. And so, well, congratulations and nice work on your radio show and all the information that you get out there to people. I think it's just you're doing such an amazing job. Well, thank you. And I think we're really similar in that we love what we do so much that we're just like bursting at the seams with passion for this medicine and just can't wait to get it out there. I, that's why I kind of vibe with your energy a lot. It's just we're really, I feel like we're really similar in that way. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about your story. What led you to become a naturopathic doctor and be Dr. Holly? Yeah, so <clears throat> what happened with me is that I grew up really in the Midwest, um, uh, the daughter of two pharmacists, believe it or not. My father climbed the corporate ladder of the Upjohn Company, which back then I think Upjohn got sold to Pfizer or what have you. Um, it was one of the largest pharmaceutical companies there was, and he really – my entire life, he was just climbing the corporate ladder, and we moved around when he got a regional, you know, position, and then, you know, a much, he just, he was, he was medical science and liaison for a while, and my parents being both pharmacists, they were very much in the reductionistic model of, hey, if there's something wrong with you, take this. They were all about that um, sort of allopathic or what our conventional system of medicine is, reductionism, and I even from a very young age, was like, I just can't wrap my brain around it. I couldn't. And so I was very defiant, or so they thought, and I would always ask, like, well, why? What's it going to do for me? Like, well, how much will it cost? Will it, is it going to make me better? How long do I have to take it? What are the side effects? <laughs> and so yeah. I kind of went down that road with my parents, and they were like, oh, just take this. And so when I was, um, you know, wondering what I was going to do with my life, I thought, I want to be a nurse. And the reason that I wanted to be a nurse was that I took a, um, a, I was a volunteer class for being able to be like a volunteer in the hospital. And um, I learned in that class that when people was, were admitted to the hospital, they kind of lost their rights to privacy, their rights to choose. And I got incensed about that. And I'm like, I, I think people should be more empowered. And so I wanted to get in there and make a difference. And I went to nursing school. And in that process of going to nursing school, I thought, oh, my gosh, I must just be a nightmare myself because I had that same attitude towards my parents or towards my instructors as I did towards my parents. Like, I just wanted to know why. I wanted some more solid rationale behind following doctor's orders. And I, there was something that was so unsettling to me, um, with all due respect, because I think the nursing education is so amazing and nurses do such a great service. But for me, I wanted to understand the why. And so when I learned about naturopathic medical school through actually the Journal of American uh, Holistic Nursing, uh, the, their journal, I, um, and oh, that's what it was. It was getting into American the, the Holistic Nursing Association. I, I was sent a, a flyer and it was like, what's holistic nursing? And it was there that I started to understand that if you could just look at things in a much more comprehensive way, if you could really help partner with people and think through things with folks as individuals and understand more universal principles of healing, that all made sense to me. So it was actually my first visit to my post-grad as a, as a holistic nurse that I finally got some of my whys answered. And going to naturopathic medical school was truly um, my next natural step. Yeah, that's great. 
So, so did you find that, um, you know, that this was something that was able that you were able to use for your own healthcare? Because I find a lot of times when people are doctors, they it's something that they actually had to use for their own healthcare. Did you find that for yourself? Yeah, it's a great point, and you do find that um, uh, amongst us. It's like doctor as teacher, and you know, it's like physician heal thyself. Those are two big principles yep. that we really take to heart, and it was. I, I think, in my opinion, naturopathic medical school saved my life because mm. there was a lot that I knew, but I also knew that there was a lot that I didn't know. So I was kind of a vegan vegetarian, um, and for for what reasons, I can't even remember. You know, some of them, I think, I, I mean, I think it was, I actually think, uh, to be quite <laughs> candid, I had a crush on a track coach. I'm like, um <laughs> Okay, well, that's what I'll do. You know, seriously, it was like, you know, because we, we do, we develop these habits and we don't really understand why. And so vegan vegetarian for a good solid decade, and I, quite honestly, wasn't doing that well. And so I went yeah. to school, learned about the biochemistry of nutrition, learned about individuality, meaning um, blood types make, make a difference. I think genotypes make a difference. Um, and so uh, being a type O, I actually kind of moved in slowly but gradually into eating more of a paleo-type diet, so less grains or no grains, more ketogenic or, or higher protein, um, and I thrived. I mean, and I would come back from school, so four years, and I did two back-to-back residencies. And people that knew me before I went to school, I looked younger than I did before I left, and 10 years younger than that. I mean, it was, I changed my body, I changed my life. I certainly, um, you know, it was it was such an amazing healing experience for me that I learned so much, and it's just a blessing in my life that I get to impart. And not only my story and my testimonial of some things that have worked for me, but also honoring individual um Patients and individual people, not everything works for everybody. And I think it's about creating a therapeutic relationship with folks. I think it's about honoring people's systems. You know, like I, shoot, you know, five years prior to going to medical school, if you had told me to eat meat, I would have told you to go jump off, you know, a bridge. It wasn't going to penetrate. But I think if you have some sensitivity, because our minds are so powerful around how we think and why we do the things that we do, um, and you partner with a therapeutic practitioner, health can health can really really happen quite profoundly. Yeah, absolutely. Just being a partner with those patients and actually listening to them and thinking maybe they're not crazy, maybe they actually know what they're talking about and they don't feel well. Yeah, yeah. that's what I love about naturopathic doctors is they really do listen. So awesome. So I know that you you wrote a book on hormones, which I mentioned in the in the, the bio. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and and how that got started? Sure. So this is a book that was published in 2004. And when I graduated from Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Tempe, Arizona, I came back to Los Angeles and I started, I thought, you know, with our principles of care, first do no harm. So certainly meaning that because all doctors who take that oath, it's like we, we don't want to do harm. This is a service industry. But all right, hey, you know, I think first do no harm is that we can definitely do some things prior to looking at drugs and surgery, meaning there's lifestyle interventions, there's dietary modifications, clinical nutrition, medical nutrition, using botanical medicines, things where side effects are going to be mitigated for the most part. And then identify and treat the cause and treat the whole person. These wonderful principles that we've been guided by, I thought I can certainly have a great family practice. And so I just went in and I was like, you know what, kids, cardiovascular disease, cancer, I think that with this mindset and with my education, I would be able to at least help anybody get towards, you know, their health care goals. What Mm -hmm. happened with me, though, is the first two years that I was in practice, about 89 90% of the folks that were coming to see me, and this was back in 2001, 2002, were women, and it wasn't just women having a really difficult time transitioning into one of the most profound times, menopause, what, you know, one of the, the the times in a woman's life that used to be celebrated and honored, and I mean, now it's kind of medicalized and pathologized. It wasn't just those women, it was younger women having menopause-like symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, irritability, mood swings, um, fat gain, you know, persistent fat gain, especially around the stomach area and on the top of the thighs, and then even younger women having, you know, infertility on the rise. Like, what's that about? And then ovarian cysts, uterine fibroids, endometriosis. This is what I was seeing. It just, they flooded in my doors, and I was like, what is going on 
with mm-hmm. our reproductive cycle. And so I started to ask those questions. And so with a little bit of research with the Women's Health Initiative that had been halted, is this huge, major study to understand um, a specific hormone replacement um, agent, uh, you know, uh, knowing that it was doing a little bit more harm than good, I was like, okay, I don't think it's about replacing function because menopause is not a disease. It is not a deficiency state. It is a very natural, very normal, like I said, one celebrated time in a woman's life that we need to get back, the culture needs to get back there. It's about restoring function and looking at the modern-day influences on why the female reproductive cycle is being sort of battered and why we are having symptoms. Because symptoms are very important. They they ask us to, to, our bodies ask us to bite attention. Symptoms during normal, let me repeat, normal hormonal transitions, whether it's having a period, so PMS symptoms, whether it's <clears throat> being infertile when you're otherwise healthy, whether it's going into perimenopause or that just means around menopause, or whether it's menopause, I thought it was really important to dive deeper into the conversation and restore function first before highlighting the restoration of a phase that wasn't even a deficiency state in the first place. Right, right. Absolutely. So let's let's kind of dive into some of those, you know, influencing factors of hormonal balance because you know, as naturopaths we're always looking at what's the cause, you know, identify and treat the cause. So what are some of these factors that can throw hormones out of balance? So if you look at our modern day Two of the things that I really honed in on and wrote about um, in my first book, which you can get on Amazon. It's not. It's. It, um, we were all set to do, do sort of the updated version of a wonderful book called. Um, it's the title is Eggs Aren't Dairy because a lot of people think they are, and there's a reason for that. Okay, uh, corn's not a vegetable, and a lot of people think it is, but there's a reason for that, and menopause doesn't suck. And a lot of people think it does, but there's a reason for that. And it's kind of like the same thing. So that's our next big book that's coming up. But for this one, it was really important for me to understand those influencing factors. So two big things that I focus on are unrelenting chronic stressors in our modern day. I mean, you name it. And, you know, I I speak throughout the nation and I see people in my practice and I see my own family and my own life. We have unrelenting stressors, financial issues, unresolved emotional issues, relationship issues, um, passive stressors like our environment, which is another big influencing factor that I focused on, but electric magnetic fields, genetically modified foods, there are stressors that are creating that sort of fight or flight to go off, that system that is very primal, has not evolved in our modern day. In the last research article that I read an average of 60 times per day, whether it's sitting behind a computer monitor, trying to balance our checkbook, you know, trying to find a parking spot, coming into our teenager's room and, and it's a mess, that, that sort of surge of adrenaline going off around 60 times per day, 60 times. That was really preserved, quite honestly, for about, eh, you know, every other week. Let's say there's a polar bear that came out and you're like, should I, you know, run and get the heck out of here or, you know, should I put up a big fight? The locusts are coming. Yeah. I'm going to have to protect my crops. Very primal, right? Not evolved with our modern day. However, we're having this go off all the time inappropriately, and so we're in this sympathetic loop, this fight-or-flight loop that I think is really taking a toll on our endocrine system. Yeah. That, so that's one. The second one is our environment that I mentioned, the xenoestrogens, because really what I've seen is this trend towards estrogen dominance. Um, In the stress category that I've talked about, progesterone sort of gets usurped because it has the ability to be converted into a stress hormone if needed, so you're missing progesterone. And then we've got estrogen in our environment, xenoestrogens, plastics and pesticides and car exhaust and soaps and emulsifiers and household cleaning products. They're everywhere. And I don't, you know, I never look at it as sort of like this big onslaught that a woman or anybody actually, because this I think is an equal opportunity issue, gets uh, exposed to its everyday low levels in our environment at this point in time where there's accumulation because these things are fat-soluble. They pass through our skin quite readily, and they can accumulate over time, and they they act as very strong 
estrogens. And so the environment and the stressors in our lives are two things that I definitely identified um, as influencing factors for hormonal imbalance. So, you know, when you're talking with your patients about that and you're telling them about the common stressors, the 60 times per day surge of adrenaline, what are some techniques, like what what can you tell them to help bring that back to maybe how we're genetically designed to be, you know, maybe every week or every other week? Like what are some things that you can tell them? You know, it is such, it's, it's, Dr. Noel, it is really, this is probably one of the most challenging things I, I, I mean, it really is. I mean, there are things that are well-researched as far as kind of bridging sympathetic, and that's, your sympathetic nervous system is that fight or flight. How do we get into the balance of parasympathetic? And for my patients and I, I realize that it's never going to be quantity, but it's got to be quality, and I ask them to do it at least every day, and what is it that helps people unburden? Like for me, anytime I'm outside, I'm near wildlife, um, even if it's, a, you know, in Los Angeles here where I am, it's a squirrel on the wire or a bird on the wire, or, you know, when I, mm-hmm. I, I get, you know, I get out hiking about three or four times a week, and sometimes in the morning where you can hear the coyotes, that's always a great trigger for me just to kind of relax and know I'm unburdened. But what I try to do is ask people there to get into their parasympathetic place. There's been some mm-hmm. wonderful research on thymus tapping, and I, we don't have enough time to go into it, all of these things, but you can Google thymus tapping. It's a wonderful sort of parasympathetic response. There's also something called alternative nostril breathing. Um, once again, um, there's a, a, an education. I have a, a new product out called um, or coming out called the Seven Minute Stress Solution. All of these things are listed there, but there are things that we can do quickly. Because in my experience with my patients, it's if I tell if I ask them to do you know get into some deep yoga postures or actually develop a yoga practice, and it almost stresses them out so much because they don't have the time <laughs> right now. Right. <laughs> and so I'm trying to get creative. It's like, okay, what can we do to actually make a difference? And so these quick things are very, very important. Like um, resetting your posture. If you're sitting at your desk kind of humping over, you know, if you just pull your shoulders back, down, and around, get your chest up, take a deep breath through your belly, there's been actual research that that helps you have a bigger sense of confidence, a bigger sense of empowerment. And that's just all you have to do. That's, that takes two seconds. And so, so those are some of the things. Um, but it really is an uphill battle. It really is. We have a, these, are, these are things that awareness is first. You doing your radio show, me talking, people understanding the unrelenting chronic stressors in their lives. Awareness is first. And then being able to at least identify and decrease unrelenting, unrelenting chronic stressors are really important. Yeah, for sure. I love deep breathing too, just like doing belly breaths. I think for me yeah. that really helps to just kind of stay present and just take my mind off of whatever it's thinking about and just focus on breathing. It's just so there you so basic. have like triggers where, right, but when people are in that mode, they for, we forget, they forget, we forget to breathe. And so right. it, for me in my computer, I have a little sticky that says, so every time I pull up my computer, it just says take a deep breath. And so oh, I have a God. I have a patient that actually works. He lives on the West Coast. He works on the East Coast. He, his business on the East Coast. But so by the time he wakes up, right? So three hours later, and then when business has started there, he had like forty emails demanding this, that, and the other thing. And so we created this power pause type of thing before he turned on any electronic device that downloaded information to him where he really, like, he thought about his family, he thought about things that were really important to him, um, kind of like don't sweat the small stuff, all of those things, because it's an everyday battle. You can do it once, and it's not good enough. It's kind of like eating. Right. It's like, oh, you ate an apple two weeks ago? That's great, you know, but not. You, right. you know, we, we might need to do that more often. The same thing when we're talking about our parasympathetic health. you got to wake up and reset and try to break that chronic stress cycle as much as possible. Yeah. I think for everything we're going to talk about tonight, that's probably one of the most major, probably the most major thing is just keeping this stress level under control and just being able to be aware of it and then have those techniques that work for you to get that back into balance. Wouldn't you agree? I do because, you know, you as an naturopathic doctor, me as an naturopathic doctor, we know the ingredients, we know the dosages, we know what to tell folks, but quite honestly, if folks can't get 
their lifestyle and their responses under control, it's like pushing sand against the tide. Yes, it's going to help. Right. Yes, it's going to be adaptogenic in the fact that, you know, we can kind of elongate the process. But quite honestly, it really is the awareness of taking power over your health and really understanding where these chronic stressors are. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. For those of you who just tuned in, we're talking to Dr. Holly Lucille, and we're talking all about natural solutions for menopause. And if you'd like to call in and ask a question, I see some people on the switchboard, but they can be shy. Um, but you can call in 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. And if you are on the switchboard and you want to ask a question, press 1, and I'll go ahead and bring you on the air. So let's dive into some more of the nitty-gritty about menopause. So, you know, like you, you alluded to this earlier, is that menopause has been referred to as a disease, and I know that we know that's not the case, but can you speak to that a bit, and, and really what is menopause? Sure. So from the medical definition, and unfortunately, I'm going to make a joke here, when when you and I, if our patients, you know, a lot of times uh, the, the insurance companies will, you know, need a, a diagnosis code, and there is a diagnosis code for menopause, which I think is a shame. Um, and if you look deeply into what those codes mean, some of it says ovarian failure, which I, you know, am blundered in, like, how did we let that happen? Because your ovaries don't fail at all. They do exactly what your body's biological sort of clock was meant to do at the time. Because, um, I mean, it, the joke would be like that would be calling puberty like ovarian success. It's like woohoo, you know, they started going. That's great. I mean, it's it's totally absurd. But we do have a natural fertility time in our lives, as far as women are concerned. And menopause, basically, puberty would would mark the the beginning of that, and menopause would would just basically mark the end of that. You know, before we have puberty, we have a lifetime. We have in in you know we're an infant, we adolescence, and then we hit puberty, and then quite honestly, after menopause, women live half their lives after menopause. There are stages that we go through that are empowered, and I mean that's why they call it the crone years. That's why they call it the wisdom years. Once you stop concentrating your energies below the waist, for the most part, um, through these fertility times, you get into your higher brain centers, um, more creativity, more um, intuition. And unfortunately, because of many different things that we can get into, there are wonderful references that I have, this this stage has been pathologized and, and uh, medicalized. And women think that it's a disease and that there's going to be, you know, horrible things that happen. It's just really simply a very, very, very natural time in a woman's life. And it just simply marks the end of natural fertility. Got it. It's just it's just a time. It's not a disease. It's just a time in your life. That's it. Yeah. It's a great time. It's one of the most profound transitions. And once again, I do, I do want to honor that women are symptomatic. But once again, I also want to honor that this is a normal hormonal transition. So let's get into the, hey, why are you symptomatic during a normal hormonal, you know, transition? We need to, because quite honestly, I will go as far as saying the only natural sign of menopause is the cessation of a woman's period. Everything else, everything else, we get to take a deeper look. Because if we can truly identify and treat the cause, if we can truly look at, I mean, I have women all the time coming into my practice, and they're like, oh, it's just because I'm in menopause. I feel like I hate that because it's it's not. You can just listen to their story. There are so many things in their body, their biochemistry, their food intake, um, their their nutrients that need to be repleted that need attention. And because of the messaging that's happened over the many, many, many decades, they just have chalked it up to, oh, hit menopause, falling apart. And I hate that. I really hate that for women. And I hate that because the real pathology then does kind of continue on, sometimes past the point of no return. Right. Yep, absolutely. I know when, when women think of menopause, the first thing they think of is, you know, hormone replacement therapy. And it's a really, it's a hot topic these days. So let's talk a little bit about HRT, hormone replacement, the different types that are out there. Can you Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So... Um, hormone replacement therapy, it was, well, I, have a, I have an entire story about the history of hormone replacement therapy, and once again, I think that we should do another 
entire radio show on the history of <laughs> therapy because the story really deserves to be told because quite honestly and I I don't say this at the end of the day I'm I'm not a turf war kind of practitioner I think there's value in all systems of medicine I shattered my shoulder last year I was very thankful for allopathic or you know what we know as a, a conventional treatment of medicine I was able to go because their science is, is rooted in reductionism. I wanted that orthopedic surgeon to reduce me to just my shoulder. You know, I had surgery. I was very thankful for Vicodin at the time. I was very thankful for Lunessa because if I didn't sleep, I wasn't going to heal, and I was having a very hard time sleeping. It was a very traumatic injury. So, you know, chiropractic medicine, another system of medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, naturopathic medicine, this whole idea of um, – more sort of understanding vitalism, right? So as in nature, our bodies have this innate ability to heal. And I I do feel that there is across the board values in all systems of medicine. But I, I, so I'm not like, hey, you know, it's all about our, the way that I studied and, and not, a, it's, it's, for me, it's really about the patient. But when I see women coming in and the messaging and the marketing, I should say, of hormone replacement therapy, and quite honestly, Dr. Noel, at this point in time, it's not even synthetic. So um, we can go back, and like I said, I really want to come back and do a whole entire show on this, but synthetic and, and the Women's Health Initiative was done off the agents, um, uh, um, the um, and, and and Prometrium, for the most part, these bioidenticals as well, it's it's the idea of replacement versus restoring function. And hormone replacement therapy was never meant to be a modality. It was a marketing. Uh, it was a total marketing thing that happened way back in the 1960s. There was a, a book that was written um, by a New York gynecologist called um, um, Feminine Forever. Robert Wilson was the MD who wrote it. And... Yeah. It was, yeah, so the the book was A New Life, The Quest and the Key, Feminine Forever. And his basic take-home message was that if women didn't take synthetic estrogen, was, which was, it was called kind of disease-mongering. It still still is. We still do it to this, I mean, it's still being done in this day where the pharmaceutical companies basically kind of look at where the market is and they create a disease around it. So menopause, I mean, shoot, every, you know, there's a lot of women that are living longer. We're going through menopause. And so the basic take-home message was that this is a New York Times bestseller. If women did not take synthetic estrogen, that menopause, and this is a quote from his book, they would die prematurely on attractive hats. And I actually got this book um, and from Amazon. You have to because it is, it is one of, I mean, I could just open it right now and start reading it, and people's just mouths would drop open. I mean, it was one of the most... Um, uh, hilarious, and uh, I mean, it, it, the, it, he basically says it's a fully documented discussion of one's medicine's most revolutionary breakthrough, the discovery that menopause is a hormone deficiency disease, curable and totally preventable, and that every woman, no matter what her age, can safely live a fully sexed life for her entire life. And so <laughs> it really was a very sexist and kind of really played on the fears of women losing their their um their sexuality, losing their um youth, losing their um quality of life and it was those types of messaging that started the whole hormone replacement therapy thing in the first place. And so I think uh, honestly not only consumers like women but also practitioners sort of got sucked into this messaging. Messaging is very 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 powerful as you know. I mean Look at all the marketing things that are, that are out there. I mean, look at the millions of dollars that are even, like, paid for these Super Bowl ads, you know, because people are watching. We get seduced, and especially when women aren't feeling well, we're seducible. I mean, I don't blame anybody, but we really have to be careful. And so yeah. hormone replacement therapy, first of all, I want to say, or I should say second of all, because I've already kind of touted my um, opinion there, I use hormones in my practice, I do. Bioidentical, of course, because I think at this point in time, even though more studies are needed, it's the safest because our our bodies definitely are able to identify these hormones much, much, much more clearer than the synthetic ones that actually have metabolites that are much more than uh, the hormones that are prescribed. And I use it because I think it's a viable tool, but only for a short amount of time 
I start with a very low dose and I go slow, and there's always an exit strategy because some people's imbalances are so great that this is a viable tool as long as you're doing it safely and as long as you're identifying treating the cause, meaning the... I know I'm talking a lot here, but one of the things that we talked about earlier. <laughs> no, it's all good. You're not talking a lot. <laughs> Go okay. for it. <laughs> so, so the adrenal. So the thing with menopause, and this is a big, big point, the adrenal glands are the built-in backup system for pre- and post-menopausal hormone production. So you look at the modern-day menopausal woman. Me, I'm 46. I'm all the way through menopause. You can read in my book. I had, I started to have hot, uh, night sweats. And I was like, what the heck is this? You know, and I was like, but I looked around and I have a lot of you stress. So it's, that's another type of stress. It's good stress. I have a great life. I have a wonderful career. I fly a lot, which is net, which is very, very, you know, stressful. I have, um, I, I'm in a band right now. And, you know, it's like I have so much going on. It's all great. But see, there's, a, there's only so many hours. So I started to have night sweats and, I definitely, if I looked around, was terribly out of balance, and I had to walk my talk, which I do so much. And there are reasons why, you know, we are having, like I said, these these symptoms during normal hormonal transitions, but the adrenal glands, my stress glands, are the built-in backup system for pre- and post-menopausal hormone production. You look at the modern-day menopausal woman like me, and it's kind of like we have blown through our reserve. These adrenal glands are supposed to step up to the plate when the ovaries take a well-deserved break, all right, during peri and then around menopause and menopause. And they are so dysregulated at that time that, of course, we're going to have symptoms. We're going to have hot flashes, night sweats. We're going to have all of these things. And so that's a really important point. Right. So basically a woman, if let's say a woman does a really good job of staying in her more of a parasympathetic state, more in that rest and digest state throughout her, you know, pre-menopausal years, you know, maybe doing yoga, the deep breathing, like whatever whatever it is for her that keeps her really calm and, you know, present and not tapping on her adrenals. So w- would it be fair to say that once she does go through menopause, that could be a more more of a smooth transition for her versus someone who is just totally flatlined with their adrenal hormones? Absolutely. I think that, um, I, absolutely. I mean, there, there, that, I have seen very few people, I mean, there are those folks, because I, like, travel across the United States, and I have women that are going through menopause, and they're like, what should I take? And I'm like, for what? And they're like, well, for menopause. And I'm like, well, how do you feel? And they're like, I feel great. And I'm like, and I know they feel great, because they've got, like, they've got, like, wheatgrass stain in their, you know, in the corner of their lips, and they're, like, they, they smell like garlic, and then they've got the diet, like, all going on. I'm, like, you shouldn't take anything. I think you're doing great. You know, it's, like, but there's also <laughs> folks that can't get to that place because, believe me, I hear it um, all the time. Folks don't have, the, like, I, I will preach. Like, I have, a, I have a woman right now in my practice where she literally has, she's so immunocompromised that until she just gets it in her mind that she should rest, um, she's going to continue getting sick, and she is still getting sick. She has no uh, good bacteria in her gut. And for her, it's like you have to you have to rest, and we have to restore function. And for folks with adrenal dysregulation, I, and I kind, of, I kind of stay away from adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout because, you know, that's kind of like Addison's disease, like ad- adrenal dysregulation where they're being used so much where compensatory mechanisms are coming on, like, uh, I think that's the more appropriate term for us. But um, mm-hmm. there are some supplements. I mean, there's adrenal adaptogens like rhodiola is a wonderful. Gaia Herbs has a wonderful sort of blend of adaptogens um, called, uh, I think it's called adrenal uh, health or stress response. I think both of them are they're the same product, but they're they're just marketed different. Enzymatic therapy has something called adrenal stress end. There's adrenal products that you can get to help support, like supplement your lifestyle. Those that can't get into that parasympathetic, we can certainly help people supplement their lifestyle. Yeah. So how does the thyroid play a part in all of this? Well, that's a great question because the thyroid will secondarily um, sort of in a compensatory mechanism succumb to adrenal dysregulation or adrenal fatigue, I guess, you know, I guess I can just say for our purposes. And so the thyroid starts to underfunction, and 
then people start getting fatigued. And then my fear is, and I've seen it happen over and over again, because the thyroid at the end of the day, if you have active thyroid hormone, it regulates anaerobic and aerobic metabolism in each and every cell in your body. Um, you start to get fatigued, and then what I see is that people start using um, medications kind of like caffeine, Red Bull, you name it, Rockstar, Monsters, caffeine, Diet Cokes, to medicate their energy throughout the day. They can't sleep at night, so they go to things like alcohol and or, you know, Ambien and or, uh, you know, other sleepers. They wake up groggy, and then the, the caffeine starts again, and they get into this incredible vicious cycle, and it is a lose-lose game, i got to tell you. It is lone shark energy. It is lone shark sleep aids, and it's one of the worst things that we can get into. And so the thyroid, quite honestly, is, once again, another show, but it, it does, it really does. It will succumb and start to under-function. Now, it won't show up on people's lab tests because the gold standard for folks going into the doctor going, hey, I think something's wrong with my thyroid, I'm constipated, I've got dry skin, my eyebrows are thinning on the outside, my hair is thinning, um, I have this persistent weight gain, they'll, they'll run a TSH. Um, not necessarily will the TSH show that there's hypo or under-functioning thyroid, but those lab tests have been proven in the endocrinological journals that they're out of date and they really don't really show um, functional thyroid activity. And so that's another kind of sort of myth that's in this whole endocrine or hormone um, dance that women are doing around menopause, that it really takes a good practitioner that's listening to symptoms, you know, using lab tests to confirm clinical suspicions, and really paying attention to those symptoms to really help that woman get into a more balanced situation, restore function first, instead of talking about replacement. Because I see what's happening with thyroid in these days. It's kind of like what was happening back when Premarin, you know, it was just like, oh, you got any symptom of menopause, you're on 0.625 uh, Premarin. doesn't matter how old you are, what your age is, or excuse me, how, you know, what your medical history is, what your weight is. You're just going to, this cookie cutter type of medicine. I'm seeing the same thing done with thyroid, and the question is, hey, why would somebody's thyroid start to underfunction? And let's talk about that. And naturopathic doctors, as you know, help people kind of think that through, put the dots close together, and then really get to the answers that are going that are you know that are that are going on behind the scenes. Not just talk about replacement. Let's restore function. Absolutely. Let's be a health detective and really see what's going on. I love it. That's right. I love that. <laughs> so I want to switch gears and take it to a few Facebook questions because I've been compiling a few questions over the last couple of days. So, um, and, and also for you guys who just started listening, we're talking to Dr. Holly Lucille. If you want to call and ask a question, 818-495-6919. Our uh, switchboard is open. We have a few people who are shy. It's, it's funny. I can just tell they're like biting their nails like, should I ask a question? Um, but it's okay. I got some Facebook questions. <laughs> So this is from Amy, and she wants to know, is thinning hair a symptom of menopause? And if so, can anything help? So great question. Once again, I'm going to have to go back to my tagline that would say that the only real sign of menopause um, is a cessation of a woman's period. Thinning hair, I think we have to look at an, any other endocrine or underlying endocrine disorder. I would kind of point to adrenal thyroid access there first. Yes, things can be done. I, I've... Thinning hair is one of the one of the most persistent symptoms I see in women these days coming to my office. Um, so a lot of people will look on the internet and they'll look at biotin. I'm like, yep, that's a great nutrient for hair. But we also want to understand the underlying endocrine um, dysregulation that's happening. Usually, it's with thyroid and secondary to chronic stressors causing ad adrenal dysregulation. Got it. Good answer. And this is from. Also from Amy, she said, what is the best way to help with anxiety and other mood issues associated with menopause? Okay, so once again, um, <laughs> yeah, right? So when you go back into the Native American teaching of, menop of menopause, and I, I don't mean to like say, hey, we should all just stick there, right? Where, you know, the, the lunar cycle, because really, 
if you think about it, if we were away from all of the stressors and we were away from all the artificial lights and such, we'd go and we are all of our cycles would kind of we would sort of just start to rhythm with the lunar cycle, the moon cycle. And the thing about menopause is that there is a pull, there's an introspection that happens. There's a pull inward. And one of the things that has not been honored in our society is that. And I will, I've been, I mean, I'm compiling a new book. We're starting to do a documentary. I've been interviewing women over and over and over again. And they have this pull inward. And because our society doesn't honor this, okay, then we go to our quote-unquote, you know, primary care doctors or what have you, and it's sort of diagnosed or intimated that it might be depression. And so a, and believe me, I've, you know, done hundreds of interviews, and women will be prescribed an antidepressant because of this moodiness and or sort of anxiety that you talk about. Now, hormonal imbalances can certainly cause anxiety, and that's not fun, and that needs to be addressed. There are some natural remedies uh, Integrative Therapeutics has a new um, uh, lavender, a clinically studied lavender oil out that is absolutely amazing. But the other thing is when your adrenal glands are shot or dysregulated, you have a decrease in stress resistance. That means that you can't handle a lot, so anxiety is kind of persistent. And so once again, I don't think that menopause lends to mood disorders and or anxiety. I do think that it's a it's a if you think about menopause really comprehensively, it's more of a metamorphosis. You're going in, you're transitioning from this caretaking role that you've had towards your children, towards your family, and into more of a higher brain centered caretaking role for yourself, your intuition, your creativity. And I know, once again, in our modern day, we've got multiple caregiving roles, not only ourselves that we're trying to biologically think about. We've still got our kids that we're thinking about. We've still got our parents now that we're worried about. Um, and so tons of stressors. So it's really the ability to not pathologize yourself and say, oh, I'm in menopause, but look at your life, look at your circumstances. Let's tease out the 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 subtleties of it, get help where we can, and get awareness where we can as well. Absolutely. I agree with that one. Good stuff. Okay, next question, plowing through. So Claire, she wants to know, at what age do you start to have symptoms of menopause? I'm 39, and I feel like I am having them. Is there such a thing as pre-menopause or early menopause? Well, so once again, I'm a real stickler on uh, really honoring everybody's individual path in life, period. Um, So... My mom and my older sisters, their uterus, their uterus is, is in some landfill somewhere, so I have no idea <laughs> where their sort of normal menopause would have been, but I am 46 years old and totally through menopause, okay? So the average age, if you look in the medical journals or what have you, is around 51, 52. That means that I do have patients, and I do have patients, 62 having menopause, or excuse me, having their period, and then I have younger, younger, younger women um, not having their periods and starting menopause. And so it truly is about understanding a little bit of your genetic history, but also just really paying attention to your body and not, once again, pathologizing the fact that you're 39, that you might have, and there's those normal variations of getting into menopause, which your periods will start becoming more irregular, sometimes heavier, sometimes lighter, longer and longer apart, um, you might have a period and then four months later, you know, you'll eke out another period. Um, so it's happening uh, to women around the age, anywhere from 35 really to 65. And you kind of have mm-hmm. to just pay attention and just know that we do want to rule out any pathology. If there's heavy, heavy bleeding, um, we don't want to just say, hey, this might just be, you know, a, a, a normal variation and you going into menopause at the age that you're going into. We always want to make sure women are safe. But the average age, like I said, is around 51, 52. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. 
So I know that the women who are listening, they they got their, you know, their notepad, their pens are ready to write down some actual, um, you know, solutions, like some remedies. So let's give them something they can sink their teeth into. So what is it that women can do that is safe to control symptoms associated with menopause? Maybe that aren't aren't normal for menopause, but the ones that are commonly associated with menopause. What are some um, sure. solutions that you, yeah. So one of the things is, um, <clears throat> all right, so I'm going to, so I'm going to give you a website uh, which I think is this is just the general. It's naturopathicdoctor dot, so or I would just say naturedoctor dot org. So n a t u r e doctor spelled out d o c t o r dot org. You can find a licensed naturopathic doctor in your area. I think that would be a great place to start. Number one, if you throw out the diagnosis of perimenopause, PMS, or menopause, you I I feel like I hear signs of toxicity, and because of our modern day um, stressors in our environment kind of like changing the oil in your car, it's good to go through a really profound, not grueling, but guided detoxification process to clear the liver out, which, you know, metabolizes estrogen in the first place. That's number two. Sometimes you need some guidance. You could also go to qualified health food stores, and there are products out there that I I think that are, you know, that that can get you on, on the way as well. So that's number two. Number three, Adrenal support, adrenal support, adrenal support. I mentioned adrenal stress end from enzymatic therapy. That's a product by Jacob Teitelbaum. He wrote Fatigue the Fantastic. Gaia Herbs has a has a product out called um, Stress Response or Adrenal Health. That is wonderful for adrenal support. There's others out there, but adrenal support, identifying and decreasing unrelenting chronic stress. <clears throat> and then those symptoms, I mean, Vitex is a wonderful herb that has shown to increase progesterone naturally working in the higher brain centers that offsets some of this estrogen-dominant thing that we have going on in our society. So 200 milligrams a day. Uh, Tori Hudson's um, company called Vitanica has a wonderful um, product, Chase Tree or Vitex, that's V-I-T-E-X. And then for the vasomotor symptoms of hot flashes and night sweats, I would recommend a product called Remy Femin. Um, it's a isopropanolic extraction of black cohosh. It's been on the market for a long, long, long time, 50 years. It's got 90 published studies, not only for its efficacy, but its safety, and it decreases those hot flashes and night sweats. My biggest talking point on that is that it takes a little time. Black cohosh is very effective, but it takes about 12 weeks just to get kicking. And so Mm -hmm. I really want to encourage... Um, folks to just be patient with that. And the other thing is if women have chosen to be on hormone therapy because of their symptoms, to make sure that they're protecting their body, to make sure that they know the risks. So dienzol methane, DIM, is something that women can do to make sure that if they're taking exogenous or outside-the-body estrogen, that they are um, metabolizing it appropriately. Um, essential fatty acids, garlic, those things that help thin the blood because estrogen has been known to proliferate. And so, once again, the, my best scenario would be hooking up with a qualified and licensed naturopathic doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was that one that you said, Remy? Can you spell Remy that Remy Femin. So that's R-E-M-I-F-M-I-N, Remy Femin. Remy Femin's been, boy, it's been, it's just, it's got probably the best clinical studies. It's an isopropanolic extraction of black cohosh that has been probably, it's probably one of the most widely studied and widely used uh, botanicals or plant medicines for hot flashes and night sweats. Okay, so R-E-M-I-F-E-M-I-N. And how long does that, how long does that take to kick in? You said like 12 weeks? 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. Good stuff. I like that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about nutrition just to kind of finish things out. So I know that we, we touched a little bit on sort of the paleo diet, but I know that, you know, we're all about individuality. So in terms of your patients with, menop- you know, going through this menopausal time, how do you uh, approach nutrition with them? Well, it's pretty much the number one first-line defense. And, yes, I'm a huge paleo advocate. Um, it works great for me and um, and because – Grains and the way that our country is sort of uh, kind of pulling things through the agricultural process, uh, it just is not lining up to be anything that great. And you can probably archive Dr. Lowe's shows to, <laughs> to learn more about that. Um, yes, quite a but few. But for the most part, what I really think is important is um, 
um, high fiber, so cruciferous vegetables, um, you know, high fiber, less refined foods, more whole foods. Whole foods, I mean, if it can't run, swim away from you or, or fall off a tree, I really, you know, want people to think twice about, about, you know, like or three or four times about where it's come from, from its original source. We want to eat nutrient-dense. There's the um, Andes score. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's the Aggregate Nutrient Density Index that you can find online. A lot of people who don't, you know, like vegetables or don't have a lot of time or, you know, feel like budget is an issue, I like nutrient-dense as much as possible. So, like, kale has a 1,000 score on the Andes score. It's the Aggregate Nutrient Density. How many nutrients per, you know, sort of square inch of that vegetable are you going to be able to get in? Arugula is great. Broccoli. So eating more colors, more whole foods, um, berries, and then less sugar and refined foods are very, very, very important. Staying hydrated, eating great essential fatty acids, both in cold water fish, mackerel, salmon, herring, is wonderful. Vaginal dryness is a huge issue. So staying hydrated, getting your essential fatty acids in. And then appropriate supplementation. A lot of people need to supplement their lifestyle. We have lifestyles that just can't be sustained anymore. Um, sometimes uh, without appropriate, you know, that's why there's good quality supplements that we can supplement our lifestyles. And once again, if you can get to a practitioner that can guide you in that way, it's 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 just wonderful. And in my opinion, naturopathic doctors kind of try to get you not to need us. You know, it's like you come in <laughs> right. and they guide you, and then it's like, hey, get your health back, and no news is good news. Yeah, it's that empowerment, that personal responsibility, absolutely. Yep, yeah. that's what we really pre- preach. It's a partnership, but at the end of the day, the personal responsibility and advocating for that person, um, understanding more about their health and taking responsibility for it is is the sweet spot. Yep. Dr. Holly, do you have time for a call? Sure, absolutely. Awesome. All right, we have a call from the 303. Caller, thanks for calling Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name's Barb, and I'm calling from Colorado. Hello, Barb. What's your question? My question is this. I think I'm through menopause. I'm 60 years old, and um, I got through it. It was quite a battle, but I think I'm through it. My uh, concern is my sex drive. It's like zippity-doo-dah, zero. (laughs) Okay. And, And it's very frustrating to me because I get these moments of, oh, yes, it's back, and within seconds it's like, well, that's gone. Okay. And I've moved on to something else. All right. Well, it's a great question. And so there's a couple points that I want to um, address here. First of all, I'm th- not for you that's through menopause, but, or, and so, but maybe for you, but I'll just answer this more generally. One of the normal variations, and I, pro- I, I really, really uh, think it's important to talk about normal variations. And Dr. Lowell kind of asked me about a uh, question, no asked me about a question regarding sort of mood disorders and anxiety around menopause, and I had mentioned that there's a pull inward or introspection. So we could maybe, you know, kind of um, understand that or, or misunderstand that as, as depression. The other thing, though, uh, in that's a normal variation at this time is that there is, it's the natural end of fertility. And so there's a natural variation. It's a normal variation that your libido is going to have a lull. It is. Now, I've interviewed, like I said, many, many women, and I'm a menopausal woman myself, just kind of getting into that, that there's this menopause zest that happens, that it comes back. But once again, we're talking about vitality. We're talking about overall health. And so I guarantee you, though, if you if you have got a, a history of sort of chronic stress and stress is an issue in your life, we have to support those adrenals. That's going to help the sex drive. There's also a great product called um, Hot Plants for Her, all right, so we also have to think about androgens, not only estrogen, progesterone, but another hormone that declines naturally with age but also is concentrated in the adrenal glands. Our stress glands is DHEA. It's also an androgen. And so if that's low, we're also going to have, it be, have a hard time um, kind of getting that normal libido back or our menopausal zest back. And so you want to think about that, but there's a, there's a product called Hot Plants for Her, and these are natural plants, these are botanical medicines that increase testosterone naturally in your body, all right? And so that's something that you might want to check out. And the other thing, too, is that I've often asked women, and this is certainly after 
I've gotten, you know, to know them and we have a relationship. And, I, and I'm quite serious about it. Um, it's how is their relationship going with their husband um, or their partner? Because, um, you know, I, I had this uh, case with this woman who, I mean, I threw everything that I knew and we worked really, really well together and I knew she was very compliant. And finally, and this was her biggest thing, is like I can't get my libido back. And I said, how do you feel about your husband? And she started to cry. Um, and I said, okay, well, then there might be, a, you know, because in in as naturopathic doctors, in treating the whole person, you know, certainly that aspect, you've got to be able to, especially, you know, I've been partnered for a long, 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 long time. There's There there are other things that influence that area of our lives that we have to pay attention to. So I just wanted to at least tap on that as well. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Thanks, Barb. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Thank you. All right. Good stuff. Well, I know that we flew through this time. I want to get through just one more Facebook question, and then we'll see if there's anything else you want to add. Um, so this is from Lauren, very good name. She wants to know, um, are Vivelle dots and Prometrium safe, and at what levels? What would you say to that? Okay, so what's the question? Um, Vivelle dots, a Vivelle dot, I know it's a form of hormone replacement, and Prometrium, are they safe, and at what levels? Okay, so once again, very um, uh, sort of broad question, and I would definitely have to know. Uh, I know the Vivel dot is a um, bioidentical hormone. I think it's an estrogen. It comes in a patch, mm-hmm. I believe. And mm-hmm. um, Prometrium, once again, it's not about – so the safety is there. I mean, if it's more bioidentical, that's wonderful. Um, it's about are we being able to not only understand the – we, and and I guess you know it's it's a good time to to bring up that it might not be hormone replacement therapy because nothing really needs to be replaced in, except in few cases where there's been a premature hysterectomy uh, uh, you know uh, or oophorectomy where there's a complete hysterectomy where the hormone producing organs have been taken out and premature menopause has happened surgically then there's replacement that's needed. Um, Hormone therapy, I would think, is the better is the better sort of um, label of using these agents. And what's the exit strategy? And how old is this person? And what's their history? What's their liver doing, et cetera? And so, for the most part, Vivel dots, I think, being bioidentical, are going to be safer than more of the synthetic um, agents that are out there. Prometrium, um, Prometrium, I believe, is synthetic, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would I would um vibe for a a a more bioidentical uh, progesterone but once again we're looking at what is the dosage who is this person what is her age what is her health history what are her conditions what's the exit strategy because mm-hmm. if through menopause or what have you we still want to understand do we want to do we want to put people on hormones uh, at at sort of inappropriate levels as they gracefully age. So not anti-aging, more healthy aging. Hey, what is this all about? So lots lots of stuff to talk about, but I really, really appreciate your time and um, and having me on because these are great subjects and you, you're doing a great service there. Absolutely. So Dr. Holly, thank you so much for joining us for the show. Is there anything else you want to leave with our listeners before I let you go? Sure. I mean, I think the most important thing that I want to leave with the listeners is um, it's so important as women and men as well. I think this is an equal, equal opportunity sort of issue that we have going on that we look at our bodies and we understand symptoms as what they are. They're symptoms and they're not symptoms of aging or menopause or andropause. They're just our bodies and our the, when our bodies have symptoms, it's really just time to pay attention and not just, you know, excuse it away with, oh, well, you know, I'm just getting older or, oh, well, I'm hormonal or I'm hormonal, and really take it, take an opportunity to understand that you can have a vital life all through your 90s, your 100s, or what have you, but it's about being able to back up, understand where there is dysregulation, where there's imbalances, where there's chronic stressors, where our environment is taking a toll, and restore function first and not just talk about, oh, I'm old and I need to replace it. 
Love it. I love it. We can't forget the basics, you know, and really keeping perspective on what's really going on rather than let's just throw this hormone in there, that supplement in there. It's like, okay, let's take a step back and really look at it. So thank you so much for that reminder and just really helping to keep that perspective. I, I really appreciate that. Um, where can listeners learn more about you? Where can What's your website and where can they buy your book? Okay, so you can get my book on um, Amazon. You should just go to Dr. Holly Lucille. Um as far as Amazon is concerned, because the book is a very long title, Creating and Maintaining Balance, A Woman's Guide to Safe Natural Hormone Health. And then my website is just my name, drholly, H-O-L-L-Y, Lucille, L-U-C-I-L-L-E.com. You can always go to my Facebook page and like me, because everybody loves to be liked, um, especially when you're, when you're um you know, it's it's one of those 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 necessary evils, but that would be great as well. And I do try to post um, relevant content and keep you updated on my blogs and on my video logs as well. Love it, and I love the new look of your website, by the way. I'm loving it. Thanks. It's totally so, you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. All right, darling. Thank you so much for having right. me. I'll talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Bye, Doctor. All right, you guys, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in, all you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a couple weeks off, so next week will be a no-show, but then the week after we'll have um, Dr. Mark Carney on the show to talk about water fasting and natural remedies that you can do at home. So definitely mark your calendars for that. That's February 21st. Like I said, I've joined a new practice. Check out the website, bloomnaturalhealth.com. And I should be added on there in the next couple of days. My bio and everything will be on there. Uh, but you know my website, drlaurennoel.com. Check that out. And I will uh, check you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and scarves valid 1120. 40% valid 1115 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See store for details.